Welcome everyone, this is Chewing Gum for the Ears, a very occasional podcast where music, tech and retro meet. Uh, we haven't done one of these Ted Salmon for about a year or two. 18 months I reckon. I think it was October 21 and in the in the recording notes we put the intention was to do one in December 21. Yeah. <laughs> so 13 months later we're back. We are indeed. Show notes at stevelitchfield.com slash music but then probably won't be many links in this particular show, so I wanted to catch a generic topic, which is digital archives, analog archives, collections, and what we do and why, and our thought processes. So I did notice, Ted, just to kick things off, you were posting on social media, probably on MeWe, I suspect, a photograph of your setup with your, is it a USB LP, LP player? And I presumably that goes into the back of a Windows PC? Yeah, it does. Um and it's the Project Primary USB turntable, um, and it's got a um, phono stage in it, which means that you don't need to have a preamp or anything or a or an amplifier, and you can just plug basically plug a USB cable from the back of it, where it's got a USB um, out into your USB A into your computer, and Bob's your uncle, Fanny's your aunt, and you can then start recording. Um, inverted commas um, onto something like audacity i was using audacity it found its own levels it did i didn't need to do anything um untoward with that and um yeah so i'm having i've been having fun recording my new second-hand lps <laughs> so this is the question i have for you what the heck are you doing with 1970s or in this case 1960s long playing records in 2023 should we Take it from the top. What what's the appeal of of LPs? That's why I guess that's part A and part B will be. Why are you then taking these old records, which have undoubtable hobbyist um, collector value, and then making them digital? Why not just start with the digital version in the first place? Yeah, I guess there's some. There's a whole bunch of questions in there, and I guess that <laughs> yeah. as we go through this, we'll we'll kind of pick okay. that apart a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, 1960s records tend to not necessarily be available on digital audio streaming services. Um, and so picking them up secondhand uh, from the secondhand record shops um, or online resources can be the, the way forward. And I've got some, some of that to share with you a bit later in terms of the places to go. Um, but yeah, I, I think that part of the thing is that it's a my, my first point really is that it's it's a hobby it it's to do with collecting things i love records i love yeah. lp records and i just love collecting things and, and you must be able to identify with that because you, i know that you love collecting things as well yeah but you had a record collection back in the 1970s 80s 90s and you got rid of it all somehow so you're now collecting the thing you used to be collecting and what yeah. happened to the first lot <laughs> well about 10 years ago i decided that i would get you're right that the first lot were they they got lost and damp in a garage and they uh, the whole kind of lp record thing went away when cds came in everyone was on top of cds and wanting cds and i was as well and so my neglected lps felt at that time like they were second rate and old stuff and they got put into cupboards and i moved house and i honestly don't know what happened to them in the same way as i don't know what happened to all my lovely photographs that i took with um my film cameras that they just on route in my life got lost <laughs> but yeah. i do remember seeing them one time in the garage 
and I took one of them out and it smelled of damp and there was mold on it. I thought, oh, that must have been the time that I eventually dumped them, I think. So given that digital is the way to go, as this is 2023 after all, um, you're digitising analogue records with the rumbles and the crackles and all the, yeah. the things you have in the old days. Surely your digital version has all those same crackles and defects um, of the original analogue. Do they? I don't think they do. I think I think that when they've made the CDs, they've they've tidied it all up and they've made it good and they've digitised it and they've taken away all the atmospheric crackles and you know. <laughs> isn't that whole... better though? That to not have crackles and pops and rumbles, isn't that a good it, thing? Uh, it, well, it depends on your view, doesn't it? If you want to relive <laughs> the LP playing experience. <laughs> Having all those imperfections is actually really nice. And that's where I go back to my first point about it being a hobby. It's, right. it's nice to hear those things. Um, so, yeah, I, as, as I say, my, my second point really was that um, some streaming services, you can't get this stuff on and uh, you have to go to secondhand record shops. We have a, um, a service called SoulSeek, don't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah. Which we, we, which we kind of dip into and um, see if we can find stuff, which is a, a peer-to-peer sharing service, um, and, and works really well. But some of the stuff you can't even get there. So I'm quite happy to do that. Um, yeah, so my, my third point was all about crackles and atmosphere, and I like that. I don't always like it. There are sometimes I want to hear pure music, like CD-quality music, but a lot of the time I do like that, yeah. and it's a, it's, a, it's a hobby and an experience. I have mentioned on previous uh, Chewing Gum for the Air podcasts, yes, there were some many years ago, I have mentioned that I actually like taking, finding stuff I used to listen to on LP, and then cassette, I bought it again on cassette, I then bought it again on CD, because one of yeah. my favourite, but then, 20 years after CD, these albums some of them if you're lucky they get digitally remastered from the original um master tapes from the studio and they they enhance them they they increase the, the frequencies the fidelity they you can hear instruments you could never hear before it's extra super clean super high quality and i then replace my digitally ripped cd versions with the digital remasters so i'm i'm actually going the other way you're going for the original 1970s atmosphere experience where you'd sit in your bedsit or whatever and you'd put the uh, the needle on the record and you'd hear clunk as it comes onto the vinyl and yeah. the crackles would start up and then the music would start up yeah. you kind of get the imperfections all the way through <laughs> i'm going for the exact opposite so i want pure digital remasters that are super clean yeah yeah I, I and i completely get get that as well as, as i say that there are some times when i want to hear that purity but a lot of the time where i'm wanting to to relive the atmosphere and not necessarily always um, want to get records out to do it, which is where the recording comes in. Um, and, and that moves me on to my next point, really, which is about the tech involved. I, I love the whole kind of tech of the, the cabling up the turntable, and I'm sure you would love that bit as well. Um, the, the USB out, then get Audacity rolling. I, I, I've even done it with my Zoom H6 recorder. If you can, if you have an adapter with a 3.5 millimeter or quarter inch jack, you can do it directly into a Zoom recorder. Order. and it's just great fun you can then if you want to you can then split the tracks up in in software to make it one 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 track 
Um, but if you don't want to do that, if you want to keep it differently, you can then leave it all as, um, uh, you know, as it was. I mean, particularly, which brings us to my next point, really, which is about leaving the, the recording as it was on a record. Now, this particularly works well with concept albums. And I know that digital services try to do this. They try to let tracks flow into each other, but very often they don't do it very well. Um, so I've been recording an LP side by side in two halves so that is that when that is an issue it just flows like it did when the album that's how the album was designed to be listened yeah yeah yeah. i I think you have found some services that that take that out and do it properly haven't you yeah there's quite a bit of software on on windows mac os iphones android quite a few players that will cross fade tracks if, yeah. they, if, if either that or they'll intelligently stitch things together if for example it's a live album but i completely agree it's not seamless and then i've lost track of the number of times been out for a walk listening to my favorite deep purple live album whatever and at the end of one track there's a two second pause yeah. and the next one comes in. and it drives me mad because you completely Absolutely. lose the experience which is why my point yeah. is yeah. record it in two halves then you get it exactly as it was um, and it particularly works well, as you say, for those live things or, you know, something like, for example, Dark Side of the Moon, yeah, where everything yeah. just flows into each other. Um, so that's um, that, that, that's an interesting part about it as well. Um, the, the other part is my next point is about backing up, backing up, backing up and backing up again. So, you know, um, I mean, nothing's permanent in life, I know, but it, it's if anything was to happen to my LPs again, I've still got a recording, a good quality um, recording of the warts and all scratches and jumps experience and i can always go back and listen to that the thing that would drive me mad ted in your workflow is i know you know recording a, a an analog waveform into a computer and you see it there in audacity and you've then got to manually work out where tracks start and end which is fair enough you can usually see it in the waveform but you've got to get yeah. it right and then you've got to save each section cu- cutting and pasting or whatever each section has a separate file. Then you've got to find the original track name, type it in. And this drives me mad, at least yeah. when ripping CDs. <laughs> Usually your CD ripper will go off to, is it Grace Note? Grab the uh, track names and autofill everything for you. Your There's way does, no does, fun in that. <laughs> there's no tedium in that <laughs> it depends and i go back to my first point about it all being a big hobby it depends how much time you've got and how much time you want to devote to doing this stuff and you know that can be fun i'm not saying that i would want to do that with every single album but there yeah. are some albums that you want to just make really nice and so you could if you want to you can go and do that whole um track writing service and make it all yourself so yeah i each to their own on it to be honest i do really enjoy though um going through second-hand record shops i i used to love that in chichester when i lived down south and now there's a brand new second-hand record shop in abigaly um, there's also one in rill which has been there for some time and i can just spend hours in these places sifting through looking for gems and very often they're just really really cheap and you know not expensive at all i mean some of them are expensive some collector's items they're obviously cashing in on this and the the general trend of um lp records is the price is going up um but but i i do think that the the the, you know heading into a a, an old an old-fashioned second-hand records is just great fun i loved doing that back in the day and now we can do it again 
I, so what are we talking about in terms of prices? I've, I mean, I've been into a few um, Oxfam shops where they, they have a, a sort of music speciality, and there you've got LPs from, um, I'm guessing, one or two pounds, and some were like t- t- 10 or 12 pounds. And I gather that the brand new releases, you know, Ed Sheeran and whoever else, um, they're actually producing some uh, albums in LP format, and they're like 20 pounds. So there's quite a wide range there. What, what, what's your, your bracket? Where's your uh, aim? It completely depends, absolutely depends on on what it is, how old it is, how desirable it is. I think that these second-hand record shops are are run generally by um, enthusiasts, and they know what things are worth. So if they've got some really obscure album that they know is going to be a collector's item and it's in mint condition, then they're going to try and sell it to you for 50 quid. But if I if you go and find a 1964 PJ Proby album, it's going to be <laughs> it's going to be 50p, yeah. um, and so uh, yeah, and everything in between really. The prices of records are going up and they and they come down as well. If you look on Amazon, for example, uh, uh, LPs, um, they can be pretty much any price you like, um, or any price they like rather. Um, and then you pay extra for it for it being a 180 gram heavy vinyl or if it's a picture disc or if it's colored vinyl which apparently is not as good quality vinyl as black vinyl uh, that's another story um and you know you, so so i think the answer to the question is everything and in between you can also go to online stores as well I, there's one i use called secondhandvinylrecords.co.uk um, and if you're selective there, you can get some fabulous deals. And that particular service, which I'll link to in the show notes, they they actually send them clean, checked. They replace the inner sleeve. They put the outer sleeve inside a new plastic. And some of those are like 50, 60, 70p. Now, some of them are more, but, um, you know, some of them are really, really cheap. Um and they 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 also do a double checking service. So if you want them to pay them more money, they will actually listen through to it and uh, and tell you exactly what might be wrong with it. There's Music Magpie. There's eBay. There's lots of online places you can do that. But it's depending on what they are. It might be a bit of a gamble, I suppose. I mean, eBay, you're trusting people to tell you the truth about what they're doing um, and what what state the records are in. Um, yeah. And then you get all the collector stuff on top of all this. You, you can pay hundreds of pounds there was a a, a, um, a new release of all the alan parsons um, albums um, made uh, available recently and it was about 300 and something pounds it was outrageous money 11 albums in a box and it was hundreds of pounds yeah so yeah. Just just pink, just pink floyd of course i think they, yeah. they did a, they did a huge collector's release last year yeah 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 so it just depends really um but it's a lot of it's just to do with nostalgia, as Ian Hunter would say. Old records never die, <laughs> unless they get mouldy and damp oh, in a garage. Yeah, yeah. Or unless you, but then you digitise them, so it doesn't matter. Well, the, the, yeah, the, the digitising them, having bought a collector's LP, you know, I can kind of understand because the the, the, the number one thing I had against vinyl was well, apart from the size and the, the space needed on the shelf was the they they literally wore out. You were literally degrading the sound by what is it, half a percent every single time you play it by literally wearing the needle, wearing out the plastic. But your way, you 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 bought it from your whichever shop, you then digitise it, warts and all, crackles and all, so that you've got a perfect copy of that LP experience. And then you don't, you can actually enjoy owning it and listening to it, but without actually wearing out the plastic each time. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And that is that is one of the downsides. So it, it depends very much on your playing equipment as well. So if you pay lots of money for a really, really good stylus, then um, you know it, it won't do that. If you if you pay fifty quid for a a, a portable suitcase record player with a crap stylus, <laughs> then that yeah. is going to carve it up. And and yeah. you wouldn't stand a chance. But yeah, if you if you pay more for your stylus, it's better. But yes, you're you're absolutely right. You you can digitize it. I, I actually don't often play my records, uh, but when I get them out, I it's a, a a real joy to do it and to take one out and say, right, I'll take my half percent today. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, there's part of the experience is also, and this cannot be denied by anyone is the gatefold sleeves. I mean, I know oh, yeah. LPs, which just have a simple cardboard sleeve, they're, they're fine. You've got plenty of space for some artwork and maybe a few credits, maybe the odd lyric. But when you had proper gatefold, i.e. two spaces, one for the LP and one sort of kind of hollow, but it yeah, opens yeah. out in a book format, you've then got twice the space. And usually you do get extra artwork and all the lyrics and any, any particular collector's graphics the artist wants to put in and sometimes you even get leaflets as well and i've had some yeah. of those in the past sometimes posters. even post yeah posters yeah. for your wall wow yeah i remember that i've still got my pink floyd poster yeah. <laughs> um, from dark side of the moon and there's a, a, a very dubious one in queen's album jazz <laughs> of the, the, na- <laughs> the naked cyclists but but yeah all of that stuff you're you're right you get gate or double albums where you get the gatefold and one album in each side um of the the two openings and then inside you get lovely artwork and you're right that whole experience is just you can't get that even with cds you certainly can't get that with an mp3 player um yeah, and yeah. It, it's in your hands and it's just lovely Surely there should be a market for getting the gatefold art experience, but with digital, um, clean music. In other words, they could actually, artists could release something as a LP-sized um, product that opens up with all the extras. But in there, there's a little QR code. You point your phone or whatever at the QR code, and that leads you to the, the, the free download of the MP3s or AACs or whatever at high quality, which are then streamed or played on your device in other words you could combine the best of both yeah as a marketing you you've got an opportunity there <laughs> yeah, re- release lps with no lp in there <laughs> just cardboard <laughs> uh, yes good idea it is rather ironic though as, as you i think said in your original social post that you're taking um you could say for a particular release but, but pj proby or whoever let's say genesis someone people will have heard of a particular our foxtrot so you've got Foxtrot the album, which you then buy on LP format. You enjoy the artwork, fine, as we just said, but you then take half an hour, an hour, whatever it takes to digitize it, capture it with Audacity, chop it up, label all the tracks, save it all in a folder on your computer. And at the end of the day, you compare that experience of an hour, hour and a half's worth of work with the 10 second playing it through Spotify or by just buying us on Amazon Music and downloading it as a bunch of MP3s. And perfectly labelled, perfect quality, perfectly digitally remastered. So you're ending up with the same kind of digital format, a folder full of MP3s, but one way takes 10 seconds and one way takes an hour and a half. So the big <laughs> question is, is it all worth it, Mr. Ted Salmon? I think for me it's worth it. It's because I go back to my first point, which is that it's a hobby. 
and I just really enjoy doing it, and it's great fun. It while I'm doing it, it feels nostalgic. It feels like the old days, and I'm it, I, I'm marrying that up with today's tech and a lovely turntable. I just love the whole experience, Steve. And that hour and a half to do one album to me is time well spent, and I really enjoy every second <laughs> of it while it's while it's actually doing it. Yeah. And, and of course, you've got to do it in real time. Um, because you've got to play the records through. Yeah, so you'll sit, you enjoy it. You'll sit there, what, look, reading the lyrics if you want to, and whatever else. Um, but yeah, the, the second point also was that, that going back to what you were saying about PJ Proby, some things you can't get, so you, you won't be able to get it on Spotify and YouTube Music. So the only option you might have is to, to try and track down a second-hand um, LP record or cassette, I suppose. Yeah, talking of obscure stuff, I too like old recordings, obscure stuff from the 70s. Quite often, not necessarily bootlegs, but limited releases that were released to fan bases, perhaps mm. on, on cassette material, which absolutely is not on any commercial streaming service. So I, I too prefer to create my own library, but with multiple copies, digital perfect copies on laptop, phone, backup, hard disks while keeping the car. I used to keep it in my dad's house down in Somerset. So if the house burned down and the car burned down, I still have all my music backed up on the other <laughs> side of the country. Yeah, yeah. My masters were always the original CDs, though, not LPs in this case. Right. Uh, in some cases created by, by me on CDR from analog tapes. But a few years ago, I just couldn't justify the space that 500 plus CDs took up. And we'll come to your collection space in a minute. Let alone LPs. Imagine 500 LPs. Plus, I almost never actually played a CD optically, so I gave away 90% of them to charity, keeping just the 10% I couldn't easily grab online if needed. I do accept, Ted, that when I die, it's extremely unlikely anyone else will ever bother going through my 50 gigabyte or so of digital music on all these different devices. They'll all just drift away to bits into the ether, but that's okay, as long as I have it to the end. And I, I also accept, technically... It's completely illegal to keep listening to my music, having given away and sold via charity shops the CD originals. It's illegal, but I think we're decades past anyone in the industry actually caring. You think that's right? Yeah, particularly um, older music, I think. I mean, if it's collector stuff um, and someone in the industry thinks that they can still make money from it, on some sort of scale, yeah. then yeah. somebody might pop up and do something about that, I suppose. But it's an un the whole kind of music CD copyright thing is an unpoliceable law, really, isn't it? Yeah, well, most artists, I, I gather now, I mean, I, I've, I've seen a fair few gigs and bought a fair bit of merch, as they now call it, but the artists make their money in other ways for, than from the yeah. actual original recordings. Um, for new materials, I do actually buy it digitally from the artist, if possible, quite a few of the people I follow. Mm -hmm. um, is it Dave Latimer, the guy, the guitarist in Camel, who kept the Camel name going, talking of prog rock, prog rock. And you can go to his site and, and his new material is up there. You, just, you pay him some money and he sends you the MP3s. Right. And that gives him the maximum profit without him, the record company and PR mm. all having to take a cut. Or failing that, just from Amazon giving me the MP3s, I add to my digital stash. Yeah, because Amazon, if you buy um, LPs from them as well, they they automatically add the digital to your library uh -huh. at three, yeah. 300, 320 watts it's per second. Um, and that they make that available in your Amazon Music account so you can download it. So, yeah, that's good. Well, in fact, there goes my commercial idea then, because the, 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 you're getting the gatefold sleeve. You throw away the vinyl and just listen to the MP3s they're giving you. <laughs> but the MP3s they give you are not full of crackles. 
<laughs> well, talking of, of playing these LPs, one thing I, I used to love, actually, was watching the LP rotating on the turntable. Mm. And quite often, artists, rather than just some boring text, they would have graphics, and the graphics would spin, obviously, yeah. and it's almost hypnotic. And do you remember the Marshall London phone we used to rave about uh, mm. seven, eight years ago? In its um, music playing app, if you had cover art, wouldn't it? Wouldn't the player spin the cover art as if you were watching yes. an LP going round? That was yeah, a lovely touch. And, and also, some other um, players do that now, as well. I've noticed. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a couple of, of other ones that will do the same. I can't think of one off the top of my head, but yeah, yes, yeah. they do. Oh yeah, and talking about the um, watching the record go around, I've got a couple of albums where they've actually put a hologram thingy into the vinyl i don't know how they've done it but <laughs> done. and so when it goes round, if you move your head left and right this this image kind of moves around in 3d it's really clever <laughs> well i can imagine you they're sitting there with your bottle of strong wine watching this and getting more and more <laughs> discombobulated yeah yes now, my favorite listing modes um three threefold in the car bluetooth from my phone or from the sd card that's in the dashboard i update that about once a year it's never quite fully up to date it's too mm-hmm. much of a hassle but so in the car i can crank the speakers up and no one else minds on yeah. a walk via my marshall bluetooth headphones this is not an advert for marshall i know we keep mentioning them but hey they are mm. good and while working over my macbook air speakers which are surprisingly good if i if i use my bluetooth speakers which you and i've got far too many of let's face it yeah, um, yeah i know you're in a static on your own so you can crank it up but here if i if i connect to any bluetooth speakers and try turning it up other members of the household turn that racket down etc etc so i i'm kind of limited to personal listening here i've got um some restriction on that because being in a static park there are neighbors and very very thin walls so i can't just crank it up however this time of year when there's a lot of people not here it's it's better of course i can crank it up um i tend to listen to my lps on um the music the the the, the hi-fi thingy that the record player is attached to because i've got the, the the deck that i was talking about earlier is my secondary one i've actually my main record player is attached to a um a ruark um hi-fi system and i tend to sit and listen to it on that um if i'm listening to music any other time i will then use a bluetooth speaker um normally um i've got a couple of really good speakers attached to my pc so if i listen to it through my um pc um i can enjoy that sound quite with quite deep bass and what have you i've also got a roku stream bar attached to my telly and i can stream anything i want to that as well so i mean like you i mean there's 101 different ways to listen to stuff and i sometimes i i use headphones um particularly the sony ones with all the um google assistant smarts in it um and that works really well uh but yeah a, a range of options let's talk space and numbers before we go here now back in the day i mean i had my LP collection was 20 or 30, but I was backwards and forwards to university and I, I, I didn't fancy lugging 20 or 30 LPs around. So I, this is 1981 and the cassettes were just starting to come in. So I started building up a cassette collection and a cassette library. I could have 50 or 60 cassettes in a simple black case and that certainly was luggable. Um, my friend, uh, who's called Bob, I can't remember his surname, he had... He was dotty about his LP collection and he took it to university and back to home with him to Manchester every single time over and over. <laughs> and he had, I kid you not, something like 100, 120 LPs, which may not sound a lot in the digital age. But can you imagine the space and weight of 120 LPs across six different vinyl plastic flappy top cases? 
and you know, he had it's all he could do to carry these things on and off trains and almost no space at all for books clothes toiletries his entire luggage almost was lps <laughs> yeah well as for me um i about 10 years ago I, I i drew up a hit list of the albums that i wanted to replace and i got to just over 100 that was my target i wanted to to wait for the um, the albums I really loved the most to come out and over the last 10 years they one by one generally speaking they have come along there's about three or four left that have never been released I still look out for um, their releases um, and and um, I move forward on that basis I do experiment with some new stuff and my collection has now grown to about 150 wow. so I've got 150 LPs and they're in the static and and I am concerned about that. I do kind of do some dehydration, not dehydration, what's the word? Dehumidification. De- Dehumidification. That's the word. <laughs> um, and I've got these kind of things dotted around, and I, I try to keep the, the area warm where they are. But I do wonder in the long term if that's going to be damaging for them. But anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll see on that front. Uh, talking about boxes to carry them in, I have got um, – when I had money back in the day – um, I bought some really good um, LP box carry cases from Juno, juno.co.uk. That's another great online resource for people that like records. Um, and they sell these big silver aluminium case thingies. And they, each one of them holds about um, 30 records, depending on if they're gatefolds or not. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I've I've got I've got four of those. So if I did need to move my records at any time, I've got enough of those boxes to do it with. But as you say, you wouldn't want to take four of those on a train. <laughs> ne- yeah, never mind mould and dampness and whatever. The biggest problem I had in terms of long term storage with my LPs when I had them was that they would warp. Um, I guess I wasn't storing them entirely vertically. Maybe that was the problem. Um, certainly, if you if you store them horizontally, don't you get a warping and then the needles bouncing up and down as as you try and play them and so on? More atmosphere, lovely. <laughs> no, uh, but uh, the, the the general advice about looking after records is that that if you possibly can, you keep them upright, yes, and you keep them quite tightly packed next to the next one. So, so if you're going to have a um, a, a place in a in a, a cupboard or a, or a wardrobe or wherever you're putting them make sure that they're not just kind of flopping side to side keep them upright yeah. um and at the end of the day warping of records is done by well sunlight or damp or just atmospheric conditions if you make the perfect conditions to keep your records in they will not warp they won't go wonky and if you um, specialize in 180 gram heavyweight vinyl they're even less likely to go wonky um but then of course you're paying more for them but yeah it is a problem the, the long-term keeping of them. Sure. Yeah, the, the, in my cases, I made the mistake of storing my LPs from my old collection. I had about 20 left up before I, I lost or gave away or sold a lot in the 1980s. But and I kept 20 special ones, but I stored them in the loft, in, in a box, vertically, but in the loft. And, of course, the loft of a house in the summer gets very, very hot. Yeah, and as it's yeah. plastic or vinyl, you can understand the fact they started to warp and they look very sorry state in terms of a pristine single sheet of plastic that you could play audio from i had to get rid of them 
Yeah, that's really sad, isn't it? But the other um, tip I've got that I picked up from somewhere, which seem which seems to work really well, is if you buy a secondhand record um, and it hasn't been cleaned, like I was describing about secondhandvinylrecords.co.uk, who do all that. I just got some washing up water in a bowl and put a pencil through the middle of the record, spin it through the washing up water. Um, dry it off carefully with a, uh, a, a fine fiber cloth going round the grooves. And I, I've had a number of secondhand records where you, you play it first and it's all over the place, jumping about left and right and center. Do that and just very, very carefully, um, wash it down with soapy water, clean it, dry it, um, control conditions. And you, you can get, you can make a, a really jumpy, horrible record into something much, much better. I do remember having all manner of plastic gadgets with felt on one end and, and carefully um, cleaning each LP before putting it on the turntable. I was fastidious about that. Yeah. And it used to absolutely infuriate me when a, a family member would put their big mitts all over <laughs> it and leave thumbprints and dirt and dust on my precious LPs. Yeah, and I still do that. You're you're supposed to do that felt cleaning thing yeah, yeah. before you play it and after you finish playing it as well. And put the lid down if you've got one while you're playing it. Or just grab some MP3s and you're done. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, thanks for sharing your experience, Ted. This, I'm sure this is a topic that will run and run. If you're listening to this, and if you're one of the two or three people still subscribe to this podcast after all this time do leave some comments let us know what you do what your attitude to lps even cassettes shock horror uh, cds and digital are we'd love to hear what you think and whether you'd like us to do some more chewing gum for the ears uh, talking about the actual music this time in the future so uh, thanks for listening any last words ted um just a a plea for a coffee please um which um is really helpful to keep us going on all this stuff um you can do that you can buy me a coffee it's ted sorry paypal.me forward slash ted salmon and yeah don't um forget to tune into all our other audio podcasts and the, the fun we have doing it all if you get lost with any of that any of that you can go to PodHub uk or you can go to tedsalmon.com where all of my links are for everything well, we'll hope that the next episode of Chewing Gum for the Years isn't another two-year gap or 18 months. In other <laughs> words, let's try and keep it in 2023 and not bump it to 24 or 25. It's a deal. Right. Thank you very much for listening. Chewing Gum for the Years, stevelitchfield.com slash music, and uh, we'll catch you soon. Bye.